Sally on to a new RFM. What is coming up today? We're going a bit wild, aren't we? Oh, we are. Nothing wrong with going a bit wild. I mean, we've got a bit of wild weather and why not go wild? So we're going to ex- uncover the extraordinary and hidden gems along the wild Atlantic way of Ireland and also explore the sacred valley of Peru. To a new RFM, your station. We're talking travel. Sally Lucas joining us as usual today and Sally, going wild but <laughs> we're going wild in South America first. We are. And who do you think originally came from where we're going to go to today? Peru. And where was he found? Oh, better tell. Paddington Bear. He came from the wilds of Peru and ended up at London Station. Was it Waterloo Station? It was Waterloo, I'm sure. Yeah, so anyway, we're not talking about Paddington today, but we are talking about Peru. And in particular, the Sacred Valley or the Urubamba Valley as also known. And it encompasses the heartland of the former Incan Empire. So it's a very, very important part of Peru. And the valley was formed by the Urubamba River. And of course, it contains numerous archaeological archaeological remains and villages. I mean, everyone knows about, you know, starting their trek from there and going up to Machu Picchu, but there's a lot more in that area that you can see that is really worthwhile. Um, and, and, and when we're talking ruins, they are sizable portions. Of they're they're buildings, large they? ruins, yes. Yeah. Um, some of the incredible towns and, yeah, and one of them, and they say it's called, and it's nicknamed Sexy Woman, but it's Saksi Woman, and it's one of the best-known Inca ruins in the Cusco vicinity on the fringe of the Sacred Valley. So these ruins sit on a hill overlooking Cusco, which was once a fortress for the Incas. And the name is actually derived from two of the uh, Quechua words, which roughly translates as eat your fill, hawk or satisfied falcon because they had these huge impressive birds that were believed to be divine protectors of the Inca and their military. So this was the largest structure completed by the Incas and it covered an area of more than 30 square kilometres. Its walls are made up of huge rocks and I'm just looking at a photo now and the little person standing at the base of these rocks looks like an ant. So they were really quite huge, over four metres high, weighing over 100 tonnes and with more than 100 angles to make sure they fit perfectly together. Without any mortar. Without anything. The same when you get yeah. to Machu Picchu. It's amazing. No nails, no nothing, no glue, no whatever. So these are really quite unique things for you to visit. So that's one. The other one is um, a little town called Pisac and it's the official entrance to the Sacred Valley and it's only a small village but again it's got some really impressive ruins for you to go there and it's a great place anyway because you can go to markets there where you can barter for goods and you know they thrive on markets in, in South America and within Peru as well and you've got wonderful local handicrafts and textiles, ceramics, all sorts of things, woven, you know, shawls and beautiful, colourful stuff. So that's really interesting. Um, The most iconic site outside... or in the Sacred Valley, but outside of Machu Picchu, have got these elliptical irrigation terraces, and it almost looks like a big amphitheatre where they're done in the round. So the terracing is all starts and build, or whether they went up and went down, or the, whichever way they were built. But you've got this effect of like this huge circular way of growing crops, which is still there for you to see, which is really interesting as well. And the different layers, apparently, of the terraces created different microclimates, which allowed them to trial how to effectively grow different crops at different levels and different times of the year. Mm. So, you know, these people were, you know, when you think how far back. And this other town in Morass is home to famous salt pools that actually predate Incan Incan times. And there's thousands of ponds, which actually, um, they belong to families that have been passed down through generations, all these little 
inflatable salt ponds. And it's at an elevation of 3,000 metres, but despite that, it was once covered by the ocean. Isn't that amazing yeah. how the earth has evolved? And the spring water below it has this high salt concentration. So when the pools were developed, a canal was created to feed the water into the ponds. And once full, then it's left to dry until the water's evaporated. And then they could scrape all the salt from the ponds and sell it. So that was their form of, you know, income, if you like. And the other one, which has got an interesting way of pronouncing it as well, Tambo. it was all close to that, I might have done it quite correctly, but it's one of the best surviving examples of Inca city planning. It was built between two mountains and it was a former administrative centre for the Incas and it's a lovely town, it's where you often start the actual trek to Machu Picchu from, is from there and the entrance to the town is made up of very steep stone terraces known as Temple Hill and it was once the site of a major battle with the Spanish conquistadors and so that's really interesting as well and there's a fortress there and this beautiful um, temple of the sun it's just massive uh, which serves a specific a specific purpose for the Incan calendar so there's lots of stuff you can do in and around and out of Cusco and down into the sacred valley so if you're going to South America and Peru in particular these are lots of things you can have a look at and and you know really incorporate into your itinerary to get the most out of it. We're talking travel Sally Lucas and the wild Atlantic way now which side of the Atlantic are we? Which side? Well, we're on the west ah, west coast of Ireland. So uh, we mentioned last week, Jane, um, that this year Galway's was lucky enough to be the city nominated to be the cultural capital of Europe. So I just thought, seeing as we'd mentioned that, we'd carry on with a bit more about Ireland, seeing as we did touch on that last week. So, which is great for Galway. So these are they calling these the extraordinary. Um, places you can find and hidden gems along the wild Atlantic way. So they're starting off here with a suggestion that you go to the Glenavon Waterfall in County Donegal and they said the walk up the valley is a treat in itself but when you see the waterfall it's it's quite beautiful and looking at the photo it is. Um, The route is easier, well signposted, leaving you free it says to enjoy the landscape. You crisscross across a stream either by footbridge or you can actually do it by stepping stones if you're agile enough to do the stepping stones without falling in or slipping on a bit of moss. Um, anyway, the the drop is just um, nine metres into the pool below and apparently the, the foam that it creates in, in the bottom of the pool inspired the pool's name called Pol and E-A-S. Yes, I don't know which means ferment pool. Interesting, isn't it? And at night, if you want to stick around, they say it's one of the places where you can actually see the colours of the Northern Lights um, near a town called Uris, U-R-R-I-S. So that's interesting. If you're there, you might even be lucky enough at the right time of the year to to catch the Northern Lights. Um, Now, another area they're saying that you should go to is in Sligo, in County Sligo, um, in the shadow of a mountain called Ben Bulban, is a little farm. And on this little farm are some of the smartest sheepdogs in the world. The Feeney family bought their first pup in 1977 and have since claimed many awards. And visitors are welcome to watch the collies at work and watch them move the sheep around, of course, as they've done for centuries. And that is really something interesting to do, to see the harmony between the dog and the shepherd in this lovely wild landscape. Um, Now, there's also in County Sligo, you can... um, Queen... Maves Cairn. Um, now I'm not going to pronounce this right either. This you've got to climb up a mountain called Knocknaria 
um, allow two or three hours for the whole trip, they say, which will bring you to a scattering of Neolithic remains, including Queen Maeve's Cairn, a megalithic tomb 40 feet high. Some believe it contains a 5,000-year-old passage tomb. Others believe it holds Queen Maeve, who was a mythical figure who allegedly died when her nephew felled her with a well-aimed chunk of cheese. <laughs> Only in oh, Ireland. <laughs> Whatever the truth, it's it's a it's an atmospheric spot that considered sacred and more recently inspired Yeats, who called the area the land of heart's desire. Mm. Um, then you can go to County Mayo, where you go to this valley. I know we tried to pronounce this today, and I can't remember. Was it Azul? U double G double O L something like that. Azul Valley. It, it means it? yeah. It was a really strange pronunciation. It means eagle's egg, and it was cut off from the outside world till the 1980s when a road was built over the uh, Wilria Mountain. Um, and until then, the people just had to walk over the mountain or cross a beach treacherous with quicksand and riptides. You wouldn't want to do that, would you? Um, but you can make an appointment with this family who used to live and walk across this mountain called the Burke. It's still a working farm. And they'll show you around their farm as well. And you can actually walk through native woodlands, which are for dolphins at play in Killari Harbour, which is a natural border between Counties Mayo and Galway. So you can end up virtually then then down in County Galway, whereas we just said you can experience all the events that are going to be happening this year for it being the cultural capital of the world. So that we've only covered a bit of that, Jane. There is a lot more of the wild way. You go right down to yeah, to um, County Clare, to Kerry, County Kerry as well. So there's a lot you can do and a lot of time you can spend at County Cork, of course, at the bottom of all that. If you hired a car, particularly, it'd be a lovely way to potty your way down that Atlantic Way and stop and see some of these incredible sites. Like all countries, they've all got little hidden gems, as we've said. And we're trying to say that this year, Jane, in, in what uh, we're presenting, that um, there are lots of hidden gems still out there that you can get off the tourist track a little bit and get away from the cities and help, even in Australia, like we're trying to do now, you help by going into the smaller villages and farms and areas where you can spend some money and, and help. And I think that's being sustainable as well and in just being, yeah, really thinking about how you travel and, as they say, only leave behind a footprint. So, yeah, that should be something lovely you could do in Ireland anyway. We're talking travel and Sally Lucas, it's the time we like to dip into the current travel marketplace and see what's hot. Well, what's hot? This first one I want to do myself, Jane. I'd love to do this, actually. It's a Botswana explorer with Victoria Falls, a fully escorted African safari, 18 days ex-Australia. And they've. Uh, this is a tour that has been run before, but it was so successful due to popular demand, they're running it again. And you're actually travelling with um, a guide who's been quite famous in these areas who really understands. So you, you're not just going with a, a tour guide, if you know what I'm saying saying you're going with an actual safari guide who understands these whole areas. So it really offers the adventure traveller, photographer, birdwatcher, etc., the ultimate natural paradise. You're visiting the Kalahari Plains and you meet the local bushmen there, which are among the oldest peoples of Africa. You go north into the Okavango Delta, which is the world's largest inland river delta, which has the most, uh, the plethora of just about more, um, you know, water creatures and elephants than anywhere else in Botswana. Um, and you go in then to the um, the vast plain of the, the Magadigaki and 
and you go into Moremi and in four by four vehicles you follow age old game migration tracks, etc., into Chobe, the Chobe National Park, and finally the smoke that thunders Victoria Falls. Beautiful itinerary, it really is, with heaps of inclusions. It's only one departure though, it's it's not something they run regularly, it's a special, it's on the seventh of May this year, and a lot of inclusions, as I said, with airfares under eight thousand dollars for the lot. And I think that's very good value for money for what you're getting. Um, there is another one going into Africa as well, and it is also doing Big Falls. This is a much shorter itinerary, though. Um, you go to Livingston, of course, very famous, of Mr. I Livingston, presume. <laughs> I presume. And and then you also then go into the Kruger National Park and Cape Town, are basically those areas. It's a 15-day. Now, these have got regular departures here that go um, independently, so it's not a group departure per se, but they have regular departures throughout the year from now through till the end of October, and that's from under $7,000 for your 15 days. Now, at the moment, we've got heaps of lovely little specials into the Pacific region. Most of these finish around one finishes next week to the Cook Islands then we've got Lord Howe which goes through the 18th of February uh, Fiji to the 28th of February and also into other areas like Tahiti as well 28th Feb. Lots of fantastic discounts, anything from a couple of hundred up to six and seven hundred dollars off these Pacific Island packages So, Are these cruises? Or? No, land packages land with air packages. land packages mm-hmm. with air, lots of inclusions again, some have got like breakfast some have got, you know, might have a diet I've included an introductory dive. There's each package has different inclusions, but if you're thinking Pacific, well, lots of wonderful, wonderful. Uh, but really, got a book between now and about the end of February is the last one. Some of them expire a little earlier than that, but just keep those in mind because they're really good value for money at the moment. Um, New Caledonia, I forgot to mention that as well. They've got a long weekend package, just a four-night package where someone just wants to duck away, and that's just from a thousand bucks. I mean, you know, that's a lovely weekend. You can pay $250 a night easy for a hotel in Sydney or even more. So, you know, these these are quite good value for money packages, so keep them in mind. Um, the Mekong River, I mean, that's become a more popular river cruise area these days as well. Um, the Mekong Discoverer, um, which has got some lovely itineraries, of course, based on the Emerald Harmony, which is a, it was only introduced last year. It's a brand new vessel, basically. And you've got 13, 17 day and 21 day tours there of different areas of the Mekong, including either Vietnam or Vietnam and Cambodia. 70% off best value state rooms if you book by the 28th of February so you're getting great rebates on that. Um, Also Silver Sea, that's a five star uh, vessel who cruises around the world on different areas around the world so they've got a new ship called the Silver Moon and they're giving you offers on that as well. If you book and pay in full by 28th February you're getting a thousand dollar per suite saving on selected voyages and also if you pay in full, sorry, another 10% on selected voyages and there's some air free offers on others as well. So that's with Silver Sea Cruises, keep that in mind. There's a few more here I'd just like to throw in Jane Mediterranean Impressions now these are all valid till the 29th of February this is an economy class airfare to Rome into Rome and out of Nice with Qatar Airways you get three nights five star accommodation in Rome then a 12 night cruise aboard the luxury uh, Crystal Serenity from Rome which is the port of Civitavecchia going on to Monte Carlo but you're going up the Italian coast around the, the Riviera right down into Barcelona Valencia Palma de Mallorca and then you end up back um, in um, 
Monte Carlo at the end and of course they fly you home out of Nice. Fantastic itinerary, it's a 15 night itinerary um, and that departs 21 April and that's from under 9,000 per person or if you're looking for something even further north and exciting and wild, Iceland and Greenland, that would be a fantastic itinerary to do as well. Economy class airfare to New York with this one, returning from Dublin with Qantas. So you get three nights, five star accommodation in New York and then 14 nights on the Celebrity Summit from Cape Liberty and New York through to Dublin. And you're going up through um, Halifax and across then to Greenland doing a couple of points there, Prince Christian Sound. Then you go up to Iceland, to Reykjavik, etc. And then you finish up in Dublin with a couple of nights there before you fly home. That's 19 nights from under 7,500 and that departs in August. So there's lots more out there. There's lots of early birds coming out even for next year now, Jane, that are valid, I think, book and pay or deposit by April on those. And there's so keep those in mind. If you're not ready to go this year, there's still some great offers coming out already for next year. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.